We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome back to the Pack a Day Podcast. I am Steve Perhatch. Joined by me is Trevor Jossart, Josh Zirkel. What's going on, fellas? Hey, Steve, how you doing? Trev, what's yeah. up? Hello, everybody. I got a question before we, we get off and run in here. Did everyone buy a Mega Millions ticket? It's at $1.6 billion. Have, Has everyone bought theirs? You know what? Uh, There's no Mega Millions far- here in Alabama. Ooh. Yeah, by the time you hear this, the Mega Millions may or may not be claimed, but... And, and once once I have won, all I'm going to say is this is the only <laughs> job that I will have. Then I will uh, I will be doing pack a day podcasts, and I will be you know. Don't forget your partners. If you yeah, I'm sure that's going to go over really well with my wife. Uh-huh. <laughs> just fly us in for one show. We'll do the one show, and we'll there, just take okay, everything you own. We'll, we'll do we'll, a show at Lambo. We won't take that? any more than we can carry. I promise. <laughs> But I have to. I would have to drive like an hour north to get to Tennessee to get uh, Mega Millions or Mega Billions, this as as it were, this week. Mega yeah, Billions, one point six. So yes, hopefully you're you're all checking your numbers right now in the, in the Wednesday morning. So we're officially out of the bye week. The Packers are out of the bye. Um, yep. I guess what, what I want to start with. There's some breaking NFL news. Mari Cooper no longer with the Oakland Raiders. He has been traded for a first round draft pick to the Dallas Cowboys. Well, Guys, I, I got to hear it reactions. I, I think it's good for Dallas. I, 
you, when your owner is admitting that you don't have a number one wide receiver, uh, that's bad. And you should try and go out and get one of those. And it looks like they've done that. And, and Oakland apparently is just uh, tearing this thing down to the studs, which uh, does not make a lot of sense to me aside from the fact that Gruden has a 10-year deal. But if, you, if you're going to be that picky about a, a situation, to talk about the Raiders for a second, if you're going to be that picky about a situation to come back, why are you going to strip every asset off of this team uh, to do that? Look, I know you're going to have three ones coming into the draft next year. You'll be able to, to, to land some inexpensive talent. You'll probably sign one or two of those guys to long-term deals, and you have some, some marketing ability when you get to Vegas, when you get that new stadium. Uh, but to Oakland, it just it's kind of disappointing to, for me to see uh, because we're I think we're a long way away from seeing a, a winning team in Oakland uh, and Dallas. See, I think I think not to totally derail this thing. I thought he put himself back <laughs> on the hot seat with, with that game against Washington, uh, but this move tells me that uh, there's going to be a little more leniency as they try and figure this thing out very quickly over the last nine weeks of the season, Trevor. I don't know if you have anything to add to all of that. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I'll try to keep it a little shorter than that, but uh, I, I like it for Dallas. I think you mentioned that too, and I'm not a, a big, I'm not a big proponent in looking into draft picks as some people are. I mean, Amari was a first rounder. He's only 24 years old. He hasn't yes. been terrible, and he was kind of in a toxic situation over there. I thought it was a good trade. I mean, you're basically swapping a a for a former first round pick for someone you don't even know who you'd have at this point. I, right. I think it's a good pick. And um, I know Steve, we, we want to talk a little bit about should the Packers have even pursued this type of trade? Um, I kind of got an idea what our thoughts are on that, but what do you think? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was, uh, that was going to be my next question leading in is we heard that, you know, Goody's calling around for, you know, making the calls, which is more than 10 Thompson kind of we heard was doing, but he's making the calls at least, but, for right. me, that's that's too rich of a price to pay for somebody when you have you just spent draft capital on three wide receivers. You're not going to go out and spend next year's one of next year's first on a wide receiver. And especially right. if Dallas continues to not play as well as they have, like that pick is going to be higher than the Packers. Like it's going to be a better valued pick. So then the Packers would have had to add a first and sixth round pick, seventh round pick, something to sweeten it to get it over the top of Dallas's offer, which I just wouldn't have wanted to see. And that, that doesn't include the money either. He was due, or he is due, 13, oh, 13 oh, yeah. million 13. next year. Now, the the upside to that, if you want to call it that, is if like he turns out to not be a fit uh, in Dallas, or if that would have been the case in Green Bay, you could cut him for no dead money. Uh, but at the same time, now you're at a first round pick and you've got nobody to show for it either. So in terms of what we've seen Green Bay doing over the last uh, several months with Brian Gutekunst, uh, it, it doesn't make a lot of sense on that front. Uh, and I'm not sure it makes a great deal of sense uh, for Dallas either, at least economically. Yeah, I think if we're looking at it from that standpoint, uh, I think the money is the main reason you don't do it if you're the Packers. And I, like I said before, I don't, I'm not sure a first-round pick is too much just because he is a first-round pick. He hasn't been a total bust in the NFL, if you want to call it that, but um, if he, I didn't know this going in, but if he's owed that much money, I mean, it's just too risky. And I mean, I think it's a good thing that the Packers, Packers stayed where they were. But like you mentioned, Steve, it's it's nice to see from a Packers fan standpoint that we're involved in these calls. We're we're going out, we're seeing, we're testing the waters. We're not just laying on our hands and doing nothing, I guess. 
Um, Fair, yeah. It kind of actually, sh- I was going to say to you, right before we get rid of all Raiders talks, how much do you want the Jags to go out and you know start calling the Raiders and be like, hey, well, what do we got to give you for Derek Carr? <laughs> I'd be I'd be okay with that. Uh, it's been it's been a rough couple weeks and. The defense hasn't even looked good too, but I'm I'm all for get, moving on from Blake Bortles. But they just resigned him, so who knows what they're doing? And I guess I just gotta have to wait it out. But yeah. that offense is so bad they just got deported. <laughs> they're playing they're playing in London this week. I just had to make that joke. Hey, they play they play well in London. This might be a spark for them. Yeah. Shock, all right. Other uh, other well. NFL news: the Arizona Cardinals Patrick Peterson has come out saying that he wants to be traded. Now, this is something that could pique some Packers fans' interest. Uh, he's a little bit of a friendly deal now when you look at cornerbacks. It's five years, $70 million. He's locked up through, I believe, 2021. Is this somebody that you would, you guys would want to go after? Or uh, with the, the Cardinals being so bad, my thought is to try to go poke uh, – and, and take away Chandler Jones from the Cardinals. Which, uh, if you were given a choice, which one would you guys have to make work? Well, Jones makes a lot more sense than Patrick Peterson, and uh, you know he he'd be worth half of fifteen million this year, and then he's got a, a one point six million dead cap number next year. But when you look at the last couple years of what the Packers have done, first of all, and, and you and I were talking about this off air, Steve, I think. The secondary has been one of the few strong points for the defense this year. Uh, So that's number one. And then number two, most of your investment has been made uh, in in the secondary so far. So you've got Traymond Williams, who's 138 years old, uh, playing corner. And then Kevin King, who's a second-year player on the the other corner. Uh, The old, old man, ha-ha Clinton Dix, who was drafted all of four years ago. And then Kendrell Bryce, who's been in the league three years. And then everybody else... Is first and second year players. You've got a lot of youth invested in there already, and you're going to tell all those guys, "Well, you got to wait in line a little bit because we just spent uh, another seven and a half million just to get Patrick Peterson for the rest of the year." While you still have all these other needs, Chandler Jones makes a lot more sense. Uh, that front seven could use a, a boost. Chandler Jones brings something to the locker room. Uh, to me, Peterson isn't it, Trevor. I don't know if you agree or disagree. See, I get a little cautious when we talk about these young players and making sure that they're progressing right. We had, The Packers still have Aaron Rodgers, and they need to start looking at this. I mean, he's getting old, and, and our, the window is closing before perhaps a rebuild comes in. And we have all these younger players in the secondary, and I, I don't think it would be the worst thing in the world if Patrick Peterson came in and kind of – added on to what has been the bright spot so far, like you mentioned, and just rather than trying to nitpick at what else we need, let him come in as a veteran and mentor these young players and help out the secondary even more and add on to a strong part so that they can make a run at a division title, can make a run in the playoffs. Um, I think either one is a good bet, uh, but I, I'm, I'm a big fan of Peterson. I just think he's an exciting player. He has some big playmaking ability, and I, I don't know. I'm kind of torn. Yeah, I mean, there's there's caveats with all of these deals because it is something that they'd have to make money work. So, you know, somebody would have to restructure a contract in order to fit these guys in. So, right. obviously, these are these are much more unlikely. But, I mean, they're always just fun topics to kind of banter around with. But Do you feel so, like good to Coon, Steve? Do you feel like he has to make one of these deals? Do you think he has to close and, and sort of make a, a free agent splash? 
Because I don't think Jimmy Graham qualified for that. What are I your thoughts Jimmy on making Graham a deal? Bigger. I mean, whether it's this year or next off season, how do you feel about like? Does he have to do? Uh... I don't think he has to. I mean, I just think he's smart enough to know if the right deal is there at the right price. I mean, they needed the tight end. Jimmy Grant was available, wanted to be there. Yep. Didn't have to extremely overpay, I don't think, uh, for the tight end value. I mean, that was a good signing, I think. But I don't believe he's going to do something just to make a big splash move. Yeah, I think that's what makes a good general manager a good general manager. Is everyone wants as a fan for these these guys to go out and get the biggest name players and stuff. But it's finding the right guy at the right value that you know wants to be there can help the team and I think that's what he believed in Jimmy Graham and I don't know if, if you, this is living up to expectations so far I, what I'd like to say I think he's a little bit below but again not the worst thing in the world considering the deal and and all that so but I would like to see him active like I said before this is Aaron Rodgers's last couple go around so it's time it's time to get him what he needs definitely makes sense but uh, so Packers are officially back from from the bye week. So they're back. They're they're playing the Rams this week. They're actually bumping their schedule uh, up a little bit early so they can head out to L.A. early, a day earlier. So we got to hear from Mike McCarthy, and I don't know if you guys heard this, but he uh, he did his he took some time to do a self scout on the Packers. Ooh, and yeah, I know it's a lot of a deep dive into the Green some Bay Packers intros- by Mike McCarthy. Introspection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And guess what he figured out? They need to run the ball more. Oh, need to, he needs to love I mean, himself. They're, they're 30th in the league in rush attempts. And this, I mean, I know they don't share a lot of info, but come on. It's some level that you have to just talk a little bit about the, some of the things that they need to do. Just be honest. Because the fact that you did a self-scout and the biggest thing you came away with was that the Offense needs to run the ball more. Like everybody's been yelling that for the whole season. Well, and then you present that as some sort of revelation that you had to, you know, expend some number of man hours to determine. You needed a whole bye week to figure that out. And that's one of those things where you just look like an idiot. I'm sorry. Like people in your ear, you want to act like you are so much smarter than the rest of the room. And then that is that is your big revelation, which you come away with. You're he's either trolling us or he's an idiot. And I don't know which, and it doesn't matter to me, quite frankly. <laughs> I don't have a lot to say on that. I, I agree. Where where did this come from? This is just, I think this is obvious. Um, I know there's different perspectives from a coach for a fan, but come on. like It's right there. I don't know why we need a self. What what is it called? The self. It's a self scout. It's a self scout. So you know, like you, week so like the, how you scout another team, like before you get ready. Mm-hmm. Then you bas- so you basically scout yourself. Watch. Practice all their, all their games. I'm assuming went back through the oh, okay. Realize that hey, we have this special running back named Aaron Jones, and I'm having him on the sidelines for the second half of games because he missed a block. So, do we think things will change then going forward? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> He's not. I mean, he does. He, they do what they want to do, and I mean, Jones will probably start to get a little bit more of an uptick, but they seem very comfortable with a three-man rotation and running back. They all bring different things, and he likes that. And he all thinks they're about – seems to think they're all about even, which I don't know why, but – Well, it makes, sense. it makes sense with the matchup when you look at the Rams. And, like, the, the only weakness the Rams really have or have had, really, uh, is stopping the run. And then, you know, they faced uh, – 
a good running team. It wasn't Chicago, but it was somebody else. But, uh, you know, they were giving up like 100-plus yards a game. And then I think the last week, uh, not San Francisco, but the week before that, they managed to put the kibosh on that. Although I don't think Breida did much against them either. So when you look at the matchup, uh, it makes a lot of sense to talk about the run and look at the run. I mean, like we've all been saying, it's something they should be doing anyway. But will we see that this week? I certainly hope so, because that's the only shot you're going to have at, at beating the Rams, who have been just kicking everybody's butt up and down the field. Uh, you've got to run the ball against this team. Everybody's got to run. You know, you unload the cannons at this point, and you make sure everybody gets uh, a bunch of touches, and you get a lot of volume against the Rams defense that will give it up against the run. So we are coming off the bye week, which means we the Packers have gotten a little bit of rest. Um, we haven't seen an injury report, obviously, just yet, but... All signs are pointing towards Randall Cobb and Geronimo Allison being back. So the next question I kind of want to talk to you guys, see what you're feeling are, where are you on this wide receiver group? Do you think there should be looking to add somebody or, you know, how do you feel since the beginning of the year? Where, where do you stand with the wide receivers? Oh, I felt like they were pretty strong as a group going into the season, and I've got to give credit to Devontae Adams. I think that uh, what he's been able to do the first half by himself without having Randall Cobb on the other side of the field uh, to sort of take coverage away from him, 557 yards, six touchdowns. Uh, He's been the leader of that group, and when you've got Randall Cobb coming back, then now you've got two leaders is is what I feel like, and they're only going to get better. You know, as the season goes on, you know, they, they haven't made a lot of big plays, but they haven't shot themselves in the foot either. They haven't had a lot of turnovers. Uh, the wide receiver group, I think, has, has been a big part of that. We Obviously, we saw that in the, the Monday night game before they went on the bye, and then Mason Crosby redeemed himself. So I'm feeling pretty good about it right now, Trevor. I don't know that uh, uh, this group has anywhere to go but up. And, and Devontae Adams, I think, is going to be more the focal point even when Randall Cobb comes back. Yeah, they're looking pretty good right now. I always see it as there's always someone out there that can probably help you. And I mean, it, like I said before, if it's for the right value, the right price, why not look to add add help? I think that I don't know who mentioned. It, I think it was Steve earlier that we should just you know unload the cannons and go all in at this point when you have Aaron Rodgers. Um, but again, they don't need to over overspend for anybody. Um, if someone's willing to come for right the right price, I think take a shot. There's no nothing wrong with having a deeper deeper core. So yeah, they're um, they, for me. I think the same way you guys kind of just said. I mean, with the, with getting those two guys back, then then we're back to the normal depth chart of Devonte, Randall, Geronimo, and then you can vote uh, MVS at number four and EQ at number five. Kind of you know they, those both of them stepped up and played mm-hmm. pretty well in their absence. So. I mean, I think you got to feel a lot better than you did at the start of the season because there, outside those three, there were question marks, and everybody said, "Well, if anybody gets injured, what the hell are we going to do?" And they went down. The two rookies stepped up. You know, had a couple growing pains, but they still made some great plays. Right. Um, and you know, stepped up. So wide receivers getting healthy. I think a bigger thing too we haven't touched on: cornerbacks are getting healthy. So it looks like Jair Alexander hopefully should be ready to go. Kevin King should be ready to go. Josh Jackson's making starting to make a couple plays here and there. Um, I mean, all things are kind of pointing up right now for the Packers as they get to their hardest game of the year. They're what do you guys think? Po- what's uh, your thoughts, Josh, on cornerbacks? 
Cornerbacks, you know, it's a, like I said, it's a young group. It's a young group except for, uh, you know, the ghost of Tremont Williams. But, uh, again, you haven't seen a lot of big plays. Uh, they've learned a new defense this year. I, I think Mike Pettin leaps and bounds better than what we were seeing from Dom Capers a year ago. I'd like to see him pressure the quarterback a little bit more. I'd like to see him a little stronger against the run. I, I think they're like in the, the 20 to 25 uh, if you were look at those category rankings. But the secondary by itself, I love this group in terms of uh, everything else you have to offer uh, on the field. Uh, to me, it's a strong group and, and the highlight of the defense so far this year. I think everyone's concerns going into this year was defense. And to me, I think they're they're holding their own and they're giving the team a chance. They're not blowing the game wide open for the other team. So, And I think we can all agree on for the Packers to really – take that next step this season they just need more balance on offense they need to run the ball, ball more and hopefully McCarthy and his self self scout scout um, <laughs> saw that and we'll be seeing it a lot more starting this week against probably the best team in the NFL all right so we're going in three two and one versus the Rams seven and zero. Oh. and I you start looking at the next couple of games and man this is like a murderer's row here so we got the Rams then away, the Patriots away. Yep. Then they at home against the Dolphins, away against the Seahawks, away against the Vikings, home Cardinals, home Falcons, away Bears, away Jets. Like that I'm sorry, but I feel like if you're gonna make the playoffs, you kinda gotta steal one of the next two games. And it's gonna be a really tough task, but I mean this this schedule is brutal. What are your guys, uh, Josh? What are you thinking for the schedule for the end of the like the last part of the year? Well, and the Dolphins aren't a layup either. I mean, this could be a, a serious skid if you're not careful. And you look at this, and and you you would think eight and eight's a good finish, uh, but they have a tie, so they can't finish eight and eight. So maybe this is like a seven seven and two finish uh, that we might have here if you can get Ooh. a tie against uh, the Dolphins. And look, I, those four road games: the Rams, Patriots. Seahawks, Vikings. You know, you talk about steal, stealing one of the first two. If you steal one of those four, uh, I think you're in great shape. At 9-7, and seven, may not win this division. It depends on how you do against Minnesota. I mean, they're only a game behind, too. That you have to consider also. But the first uh, four of those road, road games and then the Dolphin game in the middle there, uh, you come out of there 1-5, and five, or I would say 2-3. Two 2-3 and, three. Two and three would be exceptional at this point. I have them finishing 0 four and one during that stretch uh to finish seven seven and two on the year because because that's where i see this team right now it's just, it's a tough stretch trevor i don't see them yep. doing much better yeah you kind of took the words out of my mouth i'm not giving them one win out of those four road games that you mentioned um which would be what rams patriots seahawks vikings right. however they still can they still have a chance to make some noise if they take care of their home field games and they take care of those games that are basically either coin flips or their favorite and I you know Cardinals they need to take care of you know they, they had that game against the 49ers that they almost let slip away those are games you have to take care of yeah. um and that's that's how you kind of get ahead of the the pretenders in the league is you you don't fall the teams you're not supposed to so um I, I think the Packers can do that. I think they can handle the Dolphins. I think they can handle the Cardinals. I think the Lions and Bears are all winnable games. Jets, obviously, but now, oh, Steve, man, this those, is where, those road games. Steve, this is where you come in and say, well, the Patriots defense is not so good. you got to be the, the ray of sunshine here. 
That's yeah, your job please. right now. Yeah. Uh, Russell Wilson's not been doing so great. <laughs> Legion of Boom is not is an old and uh, finished. So, what are your thoughts on that? You know, it's uh, unfortunately normally I am the ray of sunshine about how the Packers are going to be amazing, and they just haven't proven it to me this year. Um, they're wildly inconsistent, and I, I, I've stopped like bank- banking on the fact that they're going to come back. I can't do it right now because it's too many question marks for me. I do think I do think they will take one of the two games this the Rams or the Patriots. I think it's going to shock a lot of people, but I think they'll come back. It'll be, you know, a kind of like a Chiefs Patriots where it was like 43 to 40, but you know, I think it'll it'll kind of come down to that. But uh before we run out of time, boys, all I want to point out before that is that the Bears started in first place uh on Sunday <laughs> and they are now statistically in last place on sun on oh, uh, wow. Monday. So the Bears still suck. The Packers are alive and well in the north. Um all is right in the world. All is right in the world. Uh, you guys got any parting shots you want to throw in before we head out? No, I just wish we did this more than once every two weeks. I feel like I feel like you guys disappear on me, and then it's like you come back, and then it's like the lemmings. Like we're just we run over the cliff together, and then that's it. That's my. <laughs> well, I'm looking thought. forward to splitting my uh, 1.6 billion <laughs> a day podcast. Parties and in Wichita. Even if you're listening to this. This episode, you can have some of it, too, if I do end up winning. <laughs> oh, okay. That's, like, contractually binding now. So yeah, I'm that's right. That. Okay. Promo code Trev knows. <laughs> God, I hope uh, I don't win. <laughs> all right, boys. Well, it's been fun. Thanks for listening, everybody, to the Pack-A-Day podcast. You'll catch us back here in two weeks again, and hopefully we'll be talking about some Packers victories. For, uh, for Trevor, for Josh, I'm Steve. Go Pack Go. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.